1944, my grandfather crossed the Atlantic to join the European campaign in World War II. He rarely spoke of the war in any detail, but upon the passing of both my grandfather and grandmother, his belongings were left to me. The following podcast consists of readings from two primary sources. The first is a battle journal of the 489th Armored Field Artillery Battalion in the 7th Armored Division of the United States Army. The second source is the letters my grandfather, Jack Ginther, sent to my grandmother, Betty Jane Ginther. Unfortunately, my grandfather had to destroy my grandmother's correspondence after receiving it in Europe. Some of the sentiments expressed will seem out of date. I have done my best to transcribe the letters, but that in and of itself is a challenge. Also, I apologize for my pronunciation of certain villages and cities cited in the documents. I wish my grandparents were still here so that I could have a dialogue about the contents contained within this material, but this one-way conversation will have to do. From the Battle Journal of the 489th Armored Field Artillery Battalion, 7th Armored Division, United States Army. The 20th saw continued heavy German attacks. A glance at the situation map showed a red tide gradually encircling the blue bulge. We received notice to conserve all ammunition, water, rations, and gasoline so as to be able to do without a resupply for three days. Our front lines reported continuous pressure in the area Poteau wrecked St. Vith, and increased activity on our flanks, both north and south, was observed. 1,393 rounds were fired throughout the day, with three German tanks and one assault gun definitely ascertained as casualties. The situation remained so fluid that penetration of our battalion area by enemy patrols became more of a probability than a possibility. The battalion was extensively reorganized for defense in depth, and squads manning machine guns were set up on any and all commanding terrain features. There were recurring rumors of help coming from both north and south. A thick mist enveloped the village of Ville de Bois on the 21st and gave a false feeling of remoteness and security. Through the fog, the occasional roar of guns or the sharp distant crackle of a machine gun momentarily dispelled the illusion. Pateau, lost temporarily during the night, was retaken, or at least encircled. Enemy artillery made it unfeasible to go into that town. Vehicles that had become separated on the march started to turn up with tall tales of detours and narrow escapes. At 2100, the Germans attacked in strength, Command Control B holding St. Vith, and the 489th switched their support to repulse the effort. 1,393 rounds were expended. Firing continued heavily throughout the night of the 21st-22nd. Command Control A had a number of fires on call and all concentrations were observed by the forward officers. Command Control A moved their headquarters to Petit Thiers, a little village between Poteau and Ville de Bois. All the missing vehicles and personnel closed in. The escape gap narrowed perceptibly. A group of 8-inch howitzers abandoned near Poteau were moved by our tank recovery vehicles to the rear along roads already lined by dug-in paratroopers. At 1800, orders were received from division artillery for a withdrawal along the road Vilsom-Garon-Ordremont. The time for the withdrawal was to be late the 23rd. Heavy fighting accounted for 1,199 rounds during the day. 93 missions were called for and fired, but due to the ammunition shortage, only a very limited number of rounds could be spared for each mission. 
The 23rd dawned clear and beautiful, and everyone looked skyward for the planes. Firing was continuous, with the 275th reinforcing our fires. At 1000, Lieutenant Donald R. Bauer, one of the newly commissioned lieutenants, was killed by a direct tank hit on the house from which he was observing in Poteau. An infiltration of unnecessary vehicle was started to our new position in the vicinity of Audremont. At 1500, Command Control A started its disengaging movement, and with clock-like precision, tanks and armored vehicles started pouring through our area. At last came the 489th's turn, and our M7s and lesser vehicles pulled out of their fields and orchards and crossed the bridge between Petit Thierre and Ville de Bois, which the engineers were waiting to blow. The hole was flawlessly executed and no equipment lost in the process. At 1700 that evening, just as darkness set in and a three-quarter moon started to rise, we reached our destination, Audremont. The 24th saw no ceasing of the situation, although we were now farther back and the weather remained ideal for our air force. Our guns were laid west and southwest in order to cover the withdrawal of Command Control A to Manhay. We completed registration and furnished some support to the 82nd Airborne Division to our direct south. Here, German armored columns were steadily advancing despite heavy losses. What remained of the unfortunate covering force left in Vilsalm straggled through our position all day. At 800, the battalion relief officer, Lieutenant Edward E. Hayes, went with the Division RO to Verbon, Belgium, to pick new positions. Our service battery moved back to Ivale. At 1800, orders were received from Command Control A to remain in position till 0800 Christmas morning in order to support their defense in Manhay. At 2100, loud explosions near the battalion area resulted in the discovery that all bridges in the area were being prepared for demolition by the 82nd Airborne Division. A recon found the bridge on our main route of withdrawal had already been blown. The 82nd Airborne, our covering force, had orders to clear the area by 0400. Quick action was imperative. By 0100, permission to move was secured, and by 0145, the battalion moved out on the route des Lodot verbon south to our new area in the village of La Fourche. A cloudless night and the full moon against the snowy background made the going easy. Meanwhile, Command Control A had run into considerable opposition near Manhay, while attempting a withdrawal from south of the town in order to straighten their line with the 82nd Airborne and 3rd Armored Division, they were surprised and scattered by an enemy column led by an American Sherman tank. One tank under Lieutenant Blanchette was knocked out early. Sergeant Francis J. Ledent and Corporal Ruben Schoftoy were both wounded but managed with the help of members of their crew to reach the evacuation point at Manhay. The German tank column pushed on into the town, and Command Control A withdrew to reform their line on the high ground north of Manhay.